You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Wednesday afternoon. Let's uh, turn to our very first topic and guest of today. Now, as you know, the Hong Kong International Literary Festival is now in full swing, and from now until the 15th of November, you'll be able to go to events in person or online. And for more, you can go to their website, which is festival.org.hk. Now, as their proud broadcast partner, Radio Three will also be featuring a number of their authors, the speakers, and this afternoon we're talking to Tim Tim Chang, who is a poet and an educator,、uh, who currently also teaches at the HKICC Laoshiuqi、um, School of Creativity. Her poems have been published or are forthcoming in Cha, an Asian literary journal, The Offing, Sand Journal, and Cordite Poetry Review, amongst others. And she's also the co-founding editors of Edge,、uh, HKBU Creative Journal, and she also translates interviews and news about Hong Kong. And she also writes lyrics for bands and also plays the bass guitar、uh, at uh, leisure. Uh, welcome to the program, Tim. Tim, thank you so much <laughs> for, for joining the introduction. Us. <laughs> <laughs> a, a very long and worthy one for sure. And、uh, for our listeners,、uh, do join us,、uh, Tim Tim Chang, on、uh, RTHK Radio Three、uh, Facebook page, which is Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio Three. Right, Tim Tim, I'm, I've been looking forward to chat to you all week, and I'm really glad you, you can join us、uh, today. Now I know you write a lot. I, I look、mm. at、um, a, a lot of the websites with your work,、um, but I do want to ask, what drew you to poetry? I would say that like I'm a very slow thinking person, and I remember like when I was a secondary school student, I just listened to songs for six hours every day, and like at one point my teacher told me actually like you could do something with writing because like your results are showing in the English subject, and I was like okay, I didn't know I could do that, so yeah, I turned to poetry writing, but it was only until university when another teacher,、um, the great. Dr. Tammy Holiming, I'm sure like most of us have heard of her name quite a lot. She forced everyone in the class to hand in a poem for a poetry contest as part of our coursework. So I handed in, and I accidentally won because that year, like some of the best students were on exchange in the UK. And from that contest, I got a seven-page essay from a poet, and I was like, okay, I could write about my heartbreak on people leaving, and people actually enjoyed it. So why don't I just keep writing? And then, but then it kind of just, you know, I just kept my work to myself. And it was only until like I think like two years ago, when like a lot of things are happening in Hong Kong, and I do feel the urgency and it. Immediately to write about Hong Kong from a very local and emotional perspective. Then I started like submitting my works to elsewhere. Yeah, so that's how it started. Yeah, you're so <laughs> humble. Your work is beautiful, <laughs> and it's not because the better students left. It's because your work is、uh, very, very worthy. Thanks. What are some of your inspirations then, Tim? Tim, you mentioned just now. You know, just sort of things happening in Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. What、uh, inspires you? I would say that, like for me, like I always look at things in terms of pictures, and I always like memes and puns. So, like these two years, when like lots of things are happening in Hong Kong, like we we have like tragedies and stuff. But at the same time, people are doing like lots of amazing things in funky ways. So even at the most intense protest sites, you see people doing like really fun things, and they would be making jokes. And I wanted to record all of them. And like second of all, like I work in schools, and I had the privilege to be 
in contact with lots of amazing teenagers. So in my previous school, um, I was dealing with a bunch of kids who were not really interested in English. So I had a hard time like trying to like deliver what the curriculum requires to them. But after I left the school and when the protest was happening last year, like out of blue, like one night, I saw them on an international headline and it was them like, like chubby, like young boys, but like who are now more mature on the headline and they were wearing masks and the headline wasn't even about the protest. It was about how Hong Kong was transitioning from protest to COVID. Um, yeah, so I saw them and I posted on my Instagram, I was like, look, my students were there and they followed me and they were so excited and yeah so for me it's like all the happenings in hong kong now is sort of like bringing new perspectives to young people and that's impressive because like for me like i just like listening to songs i just like writing i just like to look at jokes but when i see that no actually younger people who didn't think that they could be interested in anything suddenly were opened up to so many things around them and i just think that's kind of beautiful in itself. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, you know, we often see the way people document protests or, or things that are happening, whether it's through photographs, whether it's through blogs or, you know, short story. Um, what What's the beauty of using poetry to document these events? Um, wow. And how, yeah, because I see a lot of your poems are actually sort of inspired by, by what you see. Yeah. Um, is it more difficult to document it in in a more in, 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 through poems because it's shorter, it's more concise? I don't know. I want to borrow what um, Dr. Jason Lee said like two days ago. Um, it's like poetry is kind of like easier and more difficult in a sense. It's easier because it's short, but it also gives you the space to be like completely emotional, yes. completely pictorial, so you don't have to go into the complexity of history and analysis. But at the same time, it's kind of more difficult if you want to go beyond that urgency, if you want to do something like more worthy that goes beyond yourself. And I, I'm still figuring that out, to be honest, because I don't want my poetry or I don't think any kinds of writing should submit to a particular political agenda. Mm. I think that's bad. But at the same time, I'm a person, I have my own belief. So I'm kind of like striking balance between these two. Yeah, yeah. that's a really excellent point actually, Tim Tim, because you know, mm. when I was reading your poems and also just doing research in general, it made me think of poetry being used um, as a tool for empowerment, uh, yeah. for uh, resilience and resistance, you know. Um, so when people are writing about Hong Kong, um, not just you, but just your observation, um, can poetry truly be sort of separated from politics? Or do you have to sort of be, yeah, more, cre yeah, can it be separated from politics? Like my starting point is definitely separated from politics because as I, as I said before, I'm a very slow thinker and I'm just emotional. So, you know, like politics is everywhere in Hong Kong now. So like every time when you walk down the street, you see this half tom poster screaming at you. They would be like, how dare you forget? Okay, and like even today, like everywhere on Facebook, it's going to be like, okay, this is the anniversary of um, the Chinese university under siege, yes. siege, under siege, like last year. And like with all the information screaming at you, sometimes you want peace and quiet. And I do think that poetry can be that kind of quiet space for you because it's kind of like an agreed contract between the reader and the voice in the poem. It doesn't scream at you. If you agree to enter into that space, 
then feel free to do so. Yeah. Now, some of some of the subjects um, for, for for a lot of poetry can be quite bleak and quite depressing, depending on where the inspiration <laughs> is from. Now, as a poet, how do you separate yourself um, from your work? How do you how do you not let that affect you, or do you have to be immersed in that emotion and? being immersed in that will actually make you write good poetry but then how do you separate yourself from it you know in chinese yeah. there's always that saying uh, you know you need a taole i don't know yeah, how to say yeah. it detachment <laughs> yeah, distance oh, from your own poem yeah i do think that like the starting point has to be like there's there has to be this sort of like emotional core to your personal experience and the bigger experience that is shared by a group of people but at some point you want to like add some crafty techniques and then you want to add a broader history historical sense to your poem and that's where you can separate yourself and i do think that like when writing poetry it actually helps me to be less emotional to what i feel because i know that like words words are are essentially a social medium so if i want to get my message across and i want them to mean something in long term then i have to think of the greatest significance and it's actually very very therapeutic in the sense yeah wow that's very deep uh, <laughs> indeed uh, tim tim i know uh you've brought along a couple of poems yeah uh, for, for our listeners we're really excited um f- f- for some of you who are tuning in on facebook do join us there noreen mir on rthk radio 3 is the page to go to and uh poet tim tim cheng has brought some pieces for us so what Thanks. will you start with um, I guess like, we were talking about politics, so I would just start with a political poem that I forgot that I've written until this morning. <laughs> I was like busy looking at stuff, like, okay, this is going to be a live broadcast thing and I have to show people something. I usually, I'm usually just on the phone, but um, I curated this Edge Hong Kong Baptist University Creative Journal with like the better students that I talked about before. Like, You uh, won the competition. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Um, I'm going to read a work that's very different from what you can find online. Um, It was from four years ago. It was more ambiguous. It was about the weather and how like a few staff from the Causeway Bay bookshop was abducted. And you know, Chinese people can be very, very superstitious. And for some reason, like the weather conditions sort of like echoed with the political happening then and people were making a case. And I felt that too, but at the same time, I wanted some clarity. So I wrote this to capture this like ambiguity to it. So I would just read it. Um, Diary, the 18th of January, 2016. The observatory has just dispelled an unofficial viral claim that this subtropical city would be coated in a snowfall of one centimeter this coming Sunday. Some were already chanting, let it go, let it go. A part of me was expecting white hexagons from high above to land on my face and evaporate in silence. Still, I pictured their symmetries of spires and beats as though I placed each of them onto a microscope slide with the tip of a dissecting needle. It was probably the same part of me that believed in a tale I heard as a child, that one can hear wronged voices echo 
in the untimely snow. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's awesome. I can see the superstition. Wow, the weather that day was... Yeah, it was horrible. It was cold. And people were like, we shouldn't be getting snowfall. But if it happened, it shows something. like Something weird. Some, something like high up is sympathizing with us. Yeah. yeah. And with poetry, th so that captured that day. Do you ever look back and want to review it or, or want to edit it? I mean, d is poetry sort of... can Does it sort of um, evolve in a way or do you ever revise poems? Yeah, always. Like, I always go back to my first ever poem and I just, like, edit, like, one word or two words out of it. So sometimes it's a change of perspective. Sometimes it's just, okay, so now I have more experience and I know that, like, this word sounds better than the other word. Mm -hmm. And... That's what's fun because like I've been like teaching my students poetry, like but every time we we always get different versions because sometimes I tell them to get ebooks and when I have the physical book and I do realize that like all the poets like most of the poets change their work, like over the time so every time when we look at a line and it's different and we'll be like what what's happening here I love yeah. that about poetry yeah. <laughs> because it feels I mean there is a permanence to it of course there is but then yeah. there's also a sort of an evolution of it and, and yeah. you grow with the like you said you you look back in another edition yeah and it's just a little bit different yeah because depending on the poet and um, so much has happened to just lead to that like tiny tiny one word difference exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah well we still have time would you like to read another one for our listeners or do you have any future work that you're working on at the moment uh, tim tim i would just do a shameless promotion um um like i've been like trying to promote reading culture in hong kong but it's like very difficult because everyone is busy and now with the half day COVID teaching schedule but I do want to encourage anyone who's interested in reading and writing like do check out some awesome pages in Hong Kong like for example like Africa Centre Hong Kong they are trying to organise this African literature circle and I've been trying to contact like different local schools it's so tough because students are so busy and teachers are so busy yeah. so if you're interested in like just getting some leisure reading with students and you think it's worthwhile to just let them know what's happening elsewhere then yeah check out Africa Centre Hong Kong contact them for African literature reading circles yeah that's yeah. great um Tim Tim I also know that you collect tattoos yeah um how many do you have now and yeah and and sort of um do your tattoos ever inspire are they ever inspired by a poem or whatever um so like tattoos like it started out just like I wanted to cover myself because like Asian parenting kind of messes up with your body image and I thought like with tattoos I could like myself more but gradually like I came to learn the history of tattooing and I also taught my students a brief course on the history of tattooing and we found out so many interesting personal stories and the historical significance of tattoos so my latest tattoo is protest inspired so it covers my entire sleeve on my left arm and wow. it's composed of um water cannon blue like waves in blue and then like tear gas and like tiny tiny shadowy figures commemorating all the protesters in 2020 wow. like everywhere in the world it's still in progress so that's why i'm not showing but at the same time it's like weird because like 
instead of real work while you're like covering yourself in tattoos that it's kind of like in the middle between everything is like Japanese style but it's also like contemporary so it's like yeah I think it's so interesting I was saying to you before the show started I've always wanted to do a program called Tattoo Tales and I just want to sit down with people and just find out what inspired their tattoos and hearing the stories behind them yeah. because I think it's <laughs> a lot of the times at really boring parties and I think oh who can I can I talk to and I'll notice that somebody has a tattoo and I'll ask them oh what's your I tattoo know, right? about? and usually boring people get tattoos then they can start conversations easily you know like it's like effortless <laughs> you're not boring <laughs> at, at all and um, we've got a few minutes before the news um you'll be doing a wonderful event uh this Sunday yeah. um tell us about that and what will you be doing so this Sunday, I will be reading for Literary Festival, Hong Kong International Literary Festival, in collaboration with Whiting Plus, an amazing pedagogical program that Nicholas Wong directs. And yeah, I'll be reading a, a love poem um, to Kowloon City, a neighborhood that I work in. And it's going to be comparing like old images of Hong Kong to like what I see in person in Hong Kong and try to get a sense of what's happening here. Because I do think that a lot of time like we, we can't really come up with a like conclusive feeling about the place, like things that we truly value. But I want to record what we, what we see to just capture the sense of it. Yeah. yeah, well, um, thank you so much for your sharing today. Tim Tim, have you got a website or are you on social media? How can our listeners follow your work? Um, I don't have a website yet, but like, feel free to find me on Facebook, C-H-E-N-G-T-I-M-T-I-M, Chen Tim Tim. But usually I don't really share poetry-related things. I just share memes. But yeah, do find me there. And the program that I was just talking about, Africa Center Hong Kong, contact them for reading circles and stuff. They're a bunch of welcoming people who want to create social change. Yeah, innocent. Yeah. Well, awesome. Chang Tim Tim, thank you so much for joining us today. And I look forward to uh, your talk on uh, Sunday and also to have you back on next time yeah, for Tattoo thank you Tales. So much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>